everybody. And it's Sunday, because here I am, there you are. And we got Brian on the other side of the glass, and me on this side of the glass, and you sitting wherever you're sitting. Whether it's on a boat on this beautiful day, if you haven't put your boat away, <laughs> or your dock, if you haven't put your dock away. Uh, so hopefully another beautiful weekend. Oh, this is just last night and the night before, it was just, I had all I could do to go inside. Because it was just, there was no wind. It was really windy, but then it died down. You know, so, was it Thursday or Friday? It was really windy, though. That stinks. Oh, yeah. I hate windy days. But anyway, and uh, yeah, I was just, it, last night was just, I wanted to have a fire. So, you know, it's no fun. I could have built one and sat by it by myself. <laughs> but it just isn't the same unless you can share the fire with somebody and just, you know, shoot the breeze. So, what do you say? I said, well, never mind. I called a couple people. Nobody answered. It was like, maybe they're thinking, I don't know. She's going to, but anyway. So, we went in and uh, talked on the phone. Oh, I talked to her on the phone outside a little bit. And, uh, but it's just, anyway, so, so hopefully you guys got out there to enjoy and maybe had a weenie roast. You know, there's nothing better than hot dogs that you roast over fire. Oh, the best. There is no, there is no comparison. Oh yeah. And, and unfortunately I'm ashamed to admit this, but I, I could sit and roast hot dog after hot dog after hot dog and just eat the hot dog. I don't need the bun. Just give me the hot dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, that is so cool. Uh, well today we're going to be talking about food and your pets, cat dogs and cats. And so, uh, periodically throughout the show, along with taking your great, great, yeah, I could say that great questions. And, uh, so hopefully feel free to call in and, uh, ask other questions too. But the, the, the line is going to be about, you know, feeding your pets. And uh, good and bad, what to look for, how to feed it, uh, how to store it. A lot of people don't know how to store food correctly so it doesn't go rancid and such. So we're going to be talking about that. And then now um, uh, the Vikings did it again. They bum, 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 bum. They lost. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so in case you haven't heard that, and of course, it was an overtime, but we just cannot pull it through in overtime. So anyway, and then, uh, but otherwise, it, it's, it is what it is. And then deer, Bambi, so we got five, six people hunting at our place, and they got three ba- three deer. Two really good size, one good size doe, one good size buck with a small rack, and then one medium size. So, and as everybody tells me, would you rather see him in the, hit him in the field or hit him on the road? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they need to be thinned out. That's what I just keep telling myself. So, and I don't, and I like venison. We were talking earlier before we went on air. I don't like venison. Uh, hamburger. I just can't take it. I love venison steaks and such like that and roast, but I do not like the hamburger. And I finally learned how to cook it because <laughs> there is no marbleization. There is no fat to venison. And so I learned uh, after my stuff has been called hockey pucks <laughs> that uh, how to cook it correctly. So now all is right with the world. So, But yeah, so they got a whole week yesterday morning. It was like, bam, 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 bam. And this, but this morning was not as many as yesterday morning. So we'll see what ha- what the week brings. So we'll go from there. So hopefully you got some good questions for me. And then, like I say, we're going to be talking about food. You know, one thing people don't think of, uh, you know how the big joke is dogs that drink out of toilets? Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing you can have your dog do is drink out of a toilet. And the reason is you may think it's a free water bowl for, dish for your dog or your cat. There's some cats. If you leave the seat up, they'll take a drink out of there. But uh, many people put that stuff in it that would, every time you flush, it cleans the bowl, okay? Mm. Or even when you go to clean the bowl, even if you don't have chemicals in there on a regular basis, when you go to clean you use chemicals to clean it. And there could be residual ones that are hanging around between the time you cleaned it and how many flushes went through and then how when your dog decided to take a drink. So the best thing, folks, and I tell you, please don't let your dog or cat drink out of the toilet. 
All right. I know it's a butt of many jokes, but that's a, you could be setting yourself up for an ER visit uh, with your dog or cat. So please don't let your dog or cat drink out of the toilet. They do have uh, fountains, you know, that if you want fresh water for your dog, get a fountain for your dog or for your cat. Now, remember, if your cat is drinking a lot of water, your cat system is in the toilet. Literally, <laughs> you should not, never see a cat drink water on a regular basis. And so if you are, then 10 to 1, if you would uh, take them in for some blood work, you'd probably find they're going into real, renal failure. So the thing is, is that, you know, cats are from the desert. They're, they get their moisture from what they eat. They're, they don't have the little mechanism in their head that I just ate a bunch of saltine crackers, a.k.a. dry food, and that now I need to go over and compensate for that dry matter. No, all of a sudden, their system, get, as they get older, gets worse and worse, and now they're drinking water like crazy. And usually then that, uh, that sets you up where they got have pancreatitis, renal failure, such like that. So that's why you never want to feed cat food dry food dry. You should either water the dry and water it down, and so that it's dry, I mean, so that it's, you know, it's wet, and then, or give grain-free canned cat foods. You always want grain-free, always. And and whether it's dog or cat food, you never, ever give them the pretty colored stuff. Now, with Christmas coming up, they make everything like red and white or red, green, and white for dog twos and such like that. And I know it looks festive and such like that. You know, oh, look at that. My dog's going to love that. The thing, folks, let's think healthy. Red dye number, what, five or four or whatever was um a band in the human world for using, and but they use it in the pet world. And so it's not good for us, not good for a pet. So anything that has color to it, please do not buy it, okay? Just just walk away, just walk away. No matter how cute it looks, how pretty it looks, or you want to see your dog chewing on that or your cat chewing on that, don't, just walk away. Because like I said, they, the pet industry uh, makes it eye candy to us so we want to buy it for our pets, whether it's uh, a toy, whether it's a dog bed, whether it's something to eat, whatever type of thing. So what you've got to do is you've got to be a good label reader and find out what is in this. What am I feeding my dog? You could pay the price down the road if you start giving them all that junky, cutie stuff now. So that's why stay away from anything that's got cute stuff to make it look like it's a, a orange because it's supposed to have carrot in it. Or greens uh, because it looks like it's supposed to have peas in it. No, that's just a ploy for our human eyes to buy it for our pets okay you've got to be smart about this if you don't want to have a lot of vet bills all right okay what, what do we got oh should we take a call yeah we got someone on the line yeah so our first guest is cindy and she has a question on a uh, training question for poodles all right hi who is it judy uh cindy cindy hi cindy oh, how hi. you doing um yeah katie i have a 10 year old uh toy poodle okay um he's in very good health um, um, you know, he eats well, no health problems. Okay, so a training question. I have this really nice rug, and um, when he's potty trained, but when my schedule might change and he gets mad, mm-hmm. he might pee on the rug. Okay, okay. And so... So how big is the rug? Is it an area rug, a rug in a room, or what? Well, it's a, yeah, it's a natural fiber rug. Which I don't know. Maybe maybe he likes that to pee on it. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's like a runner rug. Okay. Okay. So the other thing he likes to do is to take his food. Um, I feed him Nutrisource. Hey, a good, good. Rotation Thank diet you. and um, some, you know, some natural yep. foods. You know, proteins. Good. Whatever. 
And then, um, so, you know, no, no health problems. But what he'll, he likes to do too is he might take it out of his bowl and then bring it over to the rug mm-hmm. to eat it on the rug. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many dogs do that, and it's more so with small dogs. Big dogs just inhale their do- their, their food. Little dogs are kind of, I'm going to dine over here, I'm going to dine over there, all right? So the, the only way that you can uh, stop that right now is either you have a playpen area that you feed him in so he can't leave and take his food otherwhere, other places. Uh, you okay. feed him in a kennel. If you use a kennel, feed him in the kennel so you have control of the situation. Uh, and then, but that's the whole thing. You've got to control the situation so he can't take it from to point B to point A, you know, in all those places. All right. So you just have to figure that one out. Now, as far as peeing on that, most dogs, now my ratio of rug to cement, my school is probably, you know, 98% cement and 2% rugs. Every time uh-huh. dogs will have an accident on the rugs, okay? Yeah. And then the reason is because uh, rugs, uh, underneath the dog's feet, a rug is like using a padded toilet seat cover, okay? Oh, okay? And so that's why they have a tendency to always go on rugs. And so that's why if you know uh, that runner, you can uh-huh. either, when, when you know you're going to be late, you uh-huh. roll it up. Or the better thing would be is section the dog off into a particular area, and that's where the dog, when you're going to be gone for any length of time, and so the dog is in that sec, you know, in that particular room or area or whatever, or kennel, whatever you're going to use. And so you, that's, you either got A or B, pick up the rug or keep the dog away from that area so they don't go on it. You can okay. use anti-icky poo. Anti-icky poo is an all-natural uh, base. It's better than any of the other um, formulas out there for urine, you know, and cat urine and dog urine because it, what it does it has a natural enzyme that ch- changes the chemical compound of urine and sometimes people clean it up but don't clean it up well and the dog can or cat can still smell it there and then they go again all right so you could try the anti-icky poo but otherwise okay. what you want to do is uh, either go back to using a kennel a playpen whatever so you've got control of the situation so it doesn't happen all right yeah. okay i started yeah picking up the run okay okay all right. good advice okay Thank kid you. you bet have a great day thanks thanks you too bye bye Yep, yep, there, there's there's a problem. You just got to figure a way around her because when you're not home, you have no recourse, right? You can't really, unless you have the dog use a camera and so you can see where the dog is at all times and then when he's about ready to go on your rug, you go, ah, ah, wrong. But anyway, okay, we're going to run. Give a holler, 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071. Trivia question. Drawings of this huge breed were on Egyptian monuments 5,000 years ago. Which breed was it? A Great Pyrenees, a Mastodon? a Great Dane or a St. Bernard. We'll be right back. Hello, thanks for staying with the Katie Canine Show. All right, drawings of this huge dogs were on Egyptian monuments 5,000 years ago. Which breed was it? Great Pyrenees, Mastiff, Great Dane, or St. Bernard? Which one do you think? Uh, Great Pyrenees, I'm going to go with. Ah, Nope, it's a Mastiff. Mastiff? Yes, it's a Mastiff. I don't know if you know. Mastiffs are the heaviest dog in the world, okay? And uh, Irish Wolfhounds are the tallest dog Mm -hmm. in the world. Okay. Okay. The gentle and loyal mastiff uh, needs a lot of doesn't need a lot of grooming. But if you are a neat freak, look out. They can drool a lot. Mastiffs also need a lot of space. This big dog can weigh nearly 200 pounds or more and needs exercise so it won't become overweight. Or just don't feed them too much, okay? (laughs) Mastiffs are brave dogs, love people, and bond closely with their families. 
All right. Yeah, I've got, uh, I know a gal, uh, Julie, I always forget her last name. Uh, she's got, uh, she's bred and shows uh, Mastiffs. And, but with the giant breeds, unfortunately, if you can get them mostly between 8 and 10 years old, you know, the more bigger they are, usually the shorter their lifespan is. Mm. I have heard of some dogs that because they were kept good weight, they didn't get them too fast, fat, that they they got 11, 12 years out of a giant breed. And there was one that was 14, but they were very mindful not to get the dog too fat. That's mm. what usually is the demise. Because I don't know, I'm sorry, but some people are just, oh, I've got a 200-pound Rottweiler. And I go, is that a real size or did you get him too fat? <laughs> and then people look at me like, well, no, that's, I said, I bet you had him on a money. You can't feel a rib in that dog, you know, so bring it over. I'll take a look at it and prove, you know, prove me wrong that he's not, he's a good 200 pounds, not just because you fed him too much, 200 pounds. <laughs> so anyway, because that's, I just feel so bad for the dogs that get overweight like that. Because like I said, all it does is cut their life expectancies. And so then what happens is then you're, you're, you, we don't have long enough as it is. So anyway, mm. it is what it is. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. All right, so we have Allison on the phone, and she has a dog every time they go on a walk that she or the dog likes to lay down. <laughs> All right. Hey, Allison, how you doing? Good. How are good. you? Good, good. Now, what kind of pupper and how old? It's a three-year-old Lab Shepherd mix. Okay. Now, are, are you using any kind of training collar or harness? What are you doing? Um, I recently got the, um, oh, I'm looking at my name. Um, General Leader? With the loop. The loop where it tightens. Um, Over the nose? Nope, nope. I've tried those and those have not worked. Um, so is it, a, is it a harness type or what? Nope, it goes around the neck. Um, so it's a choke car? Uh, it, I mean, it, it chokes, it gets tighter as they pull. Yeah, but okay. It's not, but it doesn't have like the spikes or the oh, right, chain. Okay, right. Okay. How many I pounds is he? Uh, about sixty pounds. Sixty pounds. Okay. And how long have you had him? Uh, I just recently. Well, I started out fostering her. I foster animals. Okay. And I well, thank you. failed. So I've had her since uh, about July. Oh, I see. Okay. So you're on your walk. So are you? You do you go for long walks or what? 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 Give me a scenario here. This can be like as soon as we walk out of the house. Anytime <laughs> she sees. A dog, she has to lay down until that dog crosses um, or realizes that she, you know, it's going to go in the opposite direction. But I'd say fifty percent of the time, okay. she just lets the dog cross, and then the other fifty percent, she will bark and leap. Okay. Um, okay. First of all, you need a training collar, you know, for her. Like I would either use a Starmark collar. That's a plastic, a plastic collar, nylon collar that has uh, like little blunt pyramids on the inside, so it. Pokes, you know, if I want your attention, I poke you. If you don't give mm-hmm. it to me, I poke you harder. <laughs> so that's yep. what this does. So that you could try that one. Or I like the pinch collars, even though they look like a torture device out of the 1800s. But I fit them different than all other trainers and what YouTube will tell you. I fit them so they slide over the head and slide off. So that when part of the reward, there is no collar pressure when the dog is paying attention. And that's where okay. all my training collars, that, that's what how I teach people to use them. You fit them loose. And then plus when uh, the poke and then the, or the pinch from the pinch collar uh, is slight because the looser it is, the slighter, the tart, tighter it is, the harsher. Okay. Okay. So and anyway, but now, the martingale collar. Okay. The martingale. Yeah. That just, okay. Yeah. That's slow. So they can't slip out of the collar. Yep. Okay. okay but she still pulls on that. Correct. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's come a long way. She wasn't used to be on a leash at all. Okay. But yeah, she's still can pull. So like I said, you could try the, you can look online. You could try for the, uh, what area do you live in? Uh, Lakeville. Lakeville. 
Okay, I'm trying to think oh, if there's anybody else. You can call like your local mom and pop shops and see if they have the Starmark collar. Otherwise, you can okay. get it online. Okay, you could try that okay. one first. But okay, let's say, so what's going to happen? My guess is she sees another dog. She's done two things. She's either, now does her head hit the ground, you know, like she's stalking them when she sees them? Yeah, or, okay. she lays completely flat. Completely flat. Her chin's on the ground. Okay, and so then where's her ears? Are her ears up or are they laid back? Um... Normal. I wouldn't say they like go up by any means. Okay, okay. Because yeah, there's two things. Either she's going into stocking mode, or she's going in. You can't see me. I'm hiding mode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if you can't see me, that tells me that she uh, lacks a lot of confidence, and so mm-hmm. she needs some confidence building. You know, through trick training, obedience training, you know, brain games, things like that, brain teasers, and whatever. And then look to you for more direction. And now, what you could do is try two mm-hmm. things when she does this. Number one, you don't you don't get into your head like heel walk or whatever you're doing bring a squeaker toy with you and squeak the toy and say what are you doing let's go come on hurry up be be ten, get her thinking she's missing the party okay okay and okay. so you're getting her mind off of what she's either stalking or hiding from i'd have to see it to know which it is but anyway and so just squeak 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 and then go away you know even if it's to turn backwards and also her back is to whatever the dog or whatever type thing you know she doesn't have to go any distances you know just kind of look around which way am i going with her <laughs> and then mm-hmm, squeak squeak mm-hmm. squeak let's go we could do this yeah you yeah you become the cheerleader okay or okay, you're not okay. asking anything from her you're just looking so cool that she's just got to go with you <laughs> mm-hmm. okay okay and then when yeah, you when you get away then ask her to see it oh very nice look at you very nice okay and then now once it's clear then come on back out now listen, you're going for a walk, and then here you see another dog. Okay, now watch. You just kind of look at her and just see what she, what she's thinking. You know, if her head's up, her tail's up, you know, she's like, okay, who's that? She saw it. Then squeak the toy. Hey, squeak, squeak, squeak. Hey, what's this over here? What's this? And go point to a, bu- a bush, a, a rock, a blade of grass. Redirect her head onto something else so she can't focus in and then react to. Does that make sense okay. to you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so, and one game that you want to play with her is the what is this game. Uh, in the house, start out, put the leash onto your left hand, take the pointer finger of your right hand, at anything at her eye level or below, go touch it. Oh, you know, let's say it's the seat of a chair. What is this? What is this? What is this? You know, just have your voice so intriguing. The dog is like, they just cannot help but bring their nose up to where your pointer finger is touching, and you're going to praise them like crazy. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, you. So now what's happening, she's willing to work with you as a team to approach this and see what it is, okay? Okay. And so Uh you want to do that like three times every day, the what is this game. When you go outside, touch a blade of grass, touch a rock, a tree, a shrub, a flower, touch a car as long as it's not moving okay (laughs) but the whole thing is is make it a game so she doesn't have time to lock in to that person coming that dog coming and then try to decide what she's going to do you're going to give her something else to do all right you're going to redirect her but you've got to be very perky very positive just don't go what is this and the dog's gonna go who cares (laughs) (laughs) but if you laugh with your voice and just it's so excited and then if you use that squeaker because almost every dog will will, uh, do a head turn like either they want it give it to me so i can destroy it (laughs) or like no i need to have that can i have it now (laughs) so the whole thing is to get the head and you can buy replacement squeakers for dog toys online i buy them by the hundreds okay everybody gets one because that's also i use that to get a head turn for the word come and so the whole thing is is that you just got to get the dogs redirected don't let her focus on something so she can react to it and that's where a lot of uh 
when you get a good trainer, they can have the dog do get a dog to do anything. It looks like it's been doing it all its life, and you're like, like, well, here you can have the dog. <laughs> but mm-hmm. what, what we do is we watch the dog's body language, and so we pop the thought bubble. You know, if they're thinking about reacting, we don't wait for them to run after the squirrel. We get into their head and redirect them. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what you want to do. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Which dog has a holy history? A Pekingese, a Lapsa Abso, a Tibetan Spaniel, or a Skipper Key? Be back. Alrighty then. Alright. Which dog has a holy history? A Pekingese, a Lapsa Abso, a Tibetan Terrier, or a Skipper Key? Skipper. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Lapsa Abso. Wow. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Go. Let's see. You ding 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 ding. Hey, let's go. So this bold, independent dog used to be monastery watchdogs in Tibet. Some some believe that when Buddhist priests died, their souls entered the body of these tiny dogs. Ooh. The long hair pups are also popular show dogs. They make great house pets, but they are feisty and need lots of time to play and lots of brushing. The Lots of brushing is an understatement. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're better off to keep that coat real short. All right. Oh, nice. You're real short. And then um, at the 5 o'clock hour, we've got Stephanie from Nutasaurus calling in. We're going to be discussing their new element, uh, uh, pet to food. And also, I'm sure you heard Jason, um, they also have some new stews from Pure Vita and new pate from Pure Vita. So she's going to keep us up to date. What is going on with Nutrisource? As you know, I love them. They are our great friends. I truly love those guys a lot. And what they do for our pets is amazing. All right. Okay, who's up next? All right, so we have Danielle on the phone, and she lives in an apartment with her dog, and she has a question on how to maintain their his behavior in the apartment because it's super hyper. All right. Hi, Danielle. Hi. So this is actually a bit of a two-parted question. Okay. What, um, kind, of, let's see, what, also, kind, what kind of puff? What kind of dog? It is a... Actually, we brought her to one of your um, beginner classes back in March. Okay, who's it? who is it? Um, um, Mabel, and it's, um, I went with one of your, your childhood neighbors. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so there's a little connection there, but, there um, yeah, she's a, she's a terrier mix, um, and she's actually super well behaved besides this little thing. And so when we went to your beginner class, mm-hmm. she did not react to any of the other dogs at all. Mm-hmm. But if we were to go today, she would go crazy. Um, so Basically, something happened between when I first adopted her and now where other dogs just make her amped up. And I don't think it's in a good way. And and I do think that it might be like leash uh, or like restriction based. She okay. doesn't like being on a leash. Okay. Or she feels like maybe she's not in control or in power. or So she needs to like bark and lunge and try to defend herself when she's on a leash. Okay. A couple of questions. Or really any barrier. Okay. A couple of questions. Number one. Uh, do you go to dog parks with her? I used to, and then I was listening to your to your <laughs> show and I heard that it's really not good unless you know the dogs well. And right, so I stopped doing that. Okay, good. Okay, um, now when um, when uh, you any kind of training collar when you go for on a walk? So yeah, that's the one thing that I have failed to do is be consistent with the training collar. Okay. Um, 
So I will, I will say that that is, you know, something that I still need to really work on and, okay. and use. Okay. Is it, is that something that I should be using all the time? 24 seven? All yeah, the time. Okay. When you're on, a, when the dog's on a leash, the training collar should be on. When the training, when the leash comes off, the training collar comes off. Okay. Now another question. When you've gone for walks, have you let other people pet your dog or have she met other dogs on walks? On walks, no, because I've noticed that even when I did bring her to the dog parks, mm-hmm. she would get really defensive through the fence yep. and like on a leash. Yep. So I would take her off the leash and she was totally fine with mm-hmm. the other dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so usually why dogs become leash aggression, most of people, what happens is that if they've been having some trouble, the minute they see another dog or something like that and the dog kind of alerts to it, people have a tendency to react by tightening up the leash to restrain the dog to keep them from lunging or going nuts. But what it does, that tight leash sends through to the dog that you have a problem too, so maybe what she's looking at is what the problem is, so let me react to that, all right? So when you're going for a walk, she should be walking with you at your side, at your left side, on a loose lead. All right. And then at any time during your walk, if you want to have her scan or do sniffies, you just stop and give it a word. Sniffies. Now she goes pee and sniff and whatever. But then when you proceed forward on your walk, she's back to walking with you as a team on a loose lead. But the minute the, te- the if she alerts to something and you tighten up and restrain, that's what creates leash aggression. Okay. So then what you do is you give it a pop. Ah, 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 leave it. All right. So that it, she learns to back off and the loose leash stays loose all right uh another thing you can do is you can stop and you can step on the leash like you know eight inches ten inches from the hook so if she goes to lunge outward she corrects herself all right but then if she backs up the collar goes loose again if she lunges out the collar, you know there's a pop but then she backs up and the collar goes loose again all right. So because usually most leash aggression is called caused by the owner having some at one time had some kind of problem, you know, whether the dog lunged at another dog or a person or whatever type thing. And so then you don't even realize that you kind of snug up on the leash. And then we you know when you see something and then when that something goes by, then you loosen the lead. And then that's what all of a sudden the dogs will start being reactive to that. OK, OK. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to the main question of, you know, so now I just kind of avoid her being in contact with other dogs <laughs> in general. Okay. Um, so in the apartment, um, there's just, it's an apartment friendly dog, uh, or a dog friendly apartment. Uh-huh. And so, um, there's dogs constantly barking or just in her line of scent okay. at all times. Yep. And it just riles her up. She needs to know where these dogs are. Just letting her outside has become this thing where she just, Immediately upon leaving my front door, she's okay. like crying because yep. she smells of the other dogs. Right. Okay. Now I have a question for you. Have, what do you? Have, what's the latest thing that you've taught your dog? Um, we do. I've done sit, lay down, roll over. No, 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 no. Um, okay, those are all stuff you've done for years. Okay, what's the latest new thing that you've taught your dog? The latest new thing. Um, that's the other. I mean, I don't want. She's she's not very food. Um, uh, motivated, mm-hmm. so it's hard to get her to to learn some tricks. But um, the latest trick that I, I taught her was probably um, I taught her how to pose, and that was maybe a month ago. Okay, okay, because what you're what you're talking about right now is a bored out of your gourd smart dog. The dog has no input into his head. Anything new that that is a challenge, so that it, what it do, it becomes very reactive to situations around them, noises and stuff like that, because they have nothing else to focus on. So this dog, you should be three three. 
two to three new things. Uh, you pick out, let's say, a brain teaser or a brain game and a trick. And let's find something that motivates her. Could it be a toy? Could it be a squeaker? You know what I mean? Find something if she's not food motivated. Even though most dogs are very motivated by anything that stinks like salmon. Nutrisource <laughs> have these great treats that are there, like look like tiny little bones. They're so called soft and tenders. And what it is is you can break it into three because you just want to give her a whisper. You don't want to give her a lot, okay? Just want to give okay. her what, but they stink so bad. And most dogs, and the whole thing is maybe you just try something three times and then you're done. Don't sit yeah. and drill, drill her. Always leave her wanting more. Okay. If you got to, let's say you're going to have a drink of water and she's right there, work on a trick that you're doing. Maybe you try it three times or try it two times and then you're done. Move on. But what she really needs is input, input. And the reason is, is that the more reactive the dogs are, the more bored they are because they're not learning anything new. It's always, it's very redundant. It's the same thing over and over again. Or, you know, like somebody will teach the role over like i just asked you okay like what's the latest new thing okay the thing is like yeah no this is sunday you know last week you should have taught something new like last week i taught her i'd uh, be a gopher okay uh and this week (laughs) now what are we going to teach her this week we're going to teach her uh, a a nose game you know what i mean so every week there should be something new input and then you just you you introduce it and then as you go through you introduce something new then you're polishing the old you know making it get easier and better for the dog but yet she's learning something new as you're going forward with each day and so that's why like i say that brain teasers for dogs but aerosmith uh brain teasers for dogs by uh soderman um, 101 dog tricks. You know, the whole thing is, is input, input. You won't have a yappy dog. When I brought Gilligan home in my 10 pounder, he's a Yorkie Cairn Terrier. My husband looked at me. She says, no way. I'm not having a yappy little stinking dog in my house. <laughs> and I said, he's not going to be a yapper. He looks at me like every little dog is a yapper. I said, no. The only, why they're yappers? Because nobody does anything with their brain. They either pick them up and carry them around. They put them in strollers or they sit on their laps. But they're, nobody's teaching them anything. The more input yeah. into their head, the calmer and steadier the dog is. And that's what you've got to do is, number one, when she starts to bark, what's your quiet word? Ah! Remember the spray bottle with water? Ah, blast. Yep. Quiet. Very nice. Very, or the shake can, the pop can with five pennies in it. Tape the top mm-hmm. of it. Ah, shake. Quiet. Get into her head. She's got to, that there's a consequence for her action that we are not going to put up with this. These are the rules and these are consequences. But then by giving her other things to learn and think about, her mind is getting onto other things. She doesn't have time to make issues with the things that she wants because she's mentally drained and she's got to go take a nap. <laughs> and so <laughs> That's why what you got to do is you got to mentally work her and this a lot of what you're seeing. She's not when she's um, in the apartment, you're going to go, where's the dog? All of a sudden she's sleeping on the couch or in her kennel because she's, you know, when we're mentally tired, we won't need a nap or we go to bed. But when we're physically tired, when we don't have to think about anything, we're running from here to there to there, you know, and then with dogs, they yap about it. (laughs) Okay. And so that's what we just got to do is more new input into her brain. And it's going to calm her down like you wouldn't believe. You got a minute? Do something. Got five minutes? Do something. It's not sitting down for hours and being very redundant. Always leave them wanting more. What? Sometimes throw the ball once and then stop. Move on to something else. She's gonna look at you like, like, ah, excuse me, excuse me. I would. Can we do it again? So I don't. We've got something else to do. Just even something as simple as that. Let's say you're going down the hallway and she's right there. Ask her for a sit. 
do a stay. Go down the hallway, get whatever you need to, come back, and then release her. Okay, we're done, and then let's go. Just little jobs throughout the day makes the dog, it makes build a better team, number one. And number two, they're looking to you for direction. And also, you're using their brain and you're tiring it out. That's what you okay. want to do, okay? And then she won't be as reactive. Otherwise, too, what you can do is you come come on back to a class, okay? And yeah. then we can get her, you know, get the right training color, you know, get her so she's looking to you for direction, and we can see, you know, are you tightening up on the leash? You know, what? get this squared away, because a private lesson wouldn't help you, but you need other dogs around you so we can work on right. that, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, kid, well, thanks. Thank you. You bet. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, here we go. This popular family pet was first bred by Lord Tweedmouth. Yes, you heard that right, Tweedmouth, <laughs> to be the ultimate Scottish hunting dog. Is it an Irish setter, a cocker spaniel, a vigla, or a golden retriever? We'll be back. I don't know if that's that or what. That. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'm back. Thank you for listening. Here we're listening to Katie Canine Show on my talk, 1071.1. And if you want, with all the shows here on, on uh, uh, Channel 5, on FM 107.1, you can, uh, we all have our podcast, so go to our show pages and you can do that. And if you haven't heard the huge noise news about uh, we raise you guys, uh, you the listeners, uh, we're so generous with Project Down and Dirty this year that is a, like $178,000. Oh, yeah. And there was still keep coming in. On Monday, I'm sure there's going to be a different total. Oh, yeah. But with all the great shows during the week and how they all came together, and it's just it's phenomenal. And I had heard on Jason's show that somebody donated $10,000 to, I mean, put him in tears. I think he did have tears. And it's it was good reasoning. I mean, I did just, yeah, it's so cool. But, you know, my talk has always been such a cool station for helping out. Like with hurricanes, uh, I remember the first thing was a diaper dash or something for one of the hurricanes that hit down south to get all these diapers together and take them in, get them down there to down south and uh, uh, my talk always steps up to the plate uh, like uh, with the restaurants with uh, the COVID trying to keep the restaurants going and and, and promoting them there's just uh, and but what's so cool is that you know not only the talent that's here on, on this radio station but the true heartfelt, we're, kind of, we're a family, even though we really don't get, usually the only, they, they really get together is down and dirty. That's how everybody gets to know everybody because they have to live with them for like three days, <laughs> yes. you know, but otherwise they're just passing in the wind and then what we hear on air and stuff like that. And so, uh, but like I said, I am just so proud to be a part of the station. It's going to be, we're in, going into our 20, it'll be 20 years come June that we've been on the station. Uh, Glory, Julia, and myself are the original crew. And so it used to be Donnie, but Dingo Donner, or Donnie uh, Love. And anyway, so uh, it's just so amazing. But you, the listeners, are what make it the reality of when we try to do something that you guys make it come true. It's, it's to, I might tip my hat to everybody that listens to my talk. 1071 and uh it's it's really a phenomenal 178,000 is the most they've ever done and uh, and especially in this time you know when some people aren't working and you know what I mean there's just I it, it blows my mind it really does and how how the the great four benefits that are going to be able to get some of this money it's it's really cool so anyway Okay, back uh, back to reality here. Okay, this popular pet was first bred by Lord Tweedmouth to be the ultimate Scottish hunting dog. Was it an Irish Setter, a Cocker Spaniel, a Vigla, or a Golden Retriever? I'm going to go with a Golden Retriever. 
Let's go. These days, golden retrievers have become more family dogs than hunters, and that's very true. They breed them for the looks instead of for their hunting abilities. They are very friendly, loyal, and athletic, and love to play games. They do well with training and need lots of exercise and fun every day to keep them busy. Once we are talking about, you know, to the caller that just came, mm-hmm. dogs need, they've been put here to be do a job. You know, hunting dogs hunt, uh, you know what I mean? Then you do nose games with them. You teach tricks. Uh, but that's the whole thing is that the, an idle mind is going to be, and usually the smarter the dog, if they're, bored out of their gourd, the more barky and shenanigans they got to play against you, whether they eat their beds, eat the wall, eat the carpet, pull the, you know what I mean? That's that's from a dog that is bored. And instead of screaming and yelling at the dog, let's train them, let's do something with that brain. And all of a sudden you've got a dog that is really cool to hang around because now you're mentally working them. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Sometimes I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> just sometimes. We don't just want to get here. But anyway. And we got Stephanie. She's going to be uh, from Nutrisaurus. That's going to be calling in at the top at the uh, other side of the hour. And we're going to be talking about Nutrisaurus. You know how much I love that company. And then what's up with new and stuff like that and some stuff. But in the meantime, too, I want to talk about a lot of people, when they feed their dogs, they don't think about it. Dogs weren't meant to eat dry food dry. That's a human convenience. It came through in 1947 is when it really hit the, the shelves and people really got into feeding dry food. Okay. Okay, and dogs are put on the earth to be scavengers, to eat everything and anything and never skip a beat. They're supposed to eat 10-day-old roadkill sitting out in uh, 100-degree weather like a a T-bone steak and not even get sick. And then there's some dogs that get into the garbage once and it's an ER visit. And so the big, there's so many things that you have to take away from this. Number one, okay, first, how you feed the dog. Okay, dogs are meant to eat fast. That's why your big dogs woof it, inhale it. And so then what do you do? You go buy all these uh, things to slow down eating. The best thing, folks, that you can do is don't feed dry food dry. Put what you're going to feed in the dish. Put hot tap water on it until it floats very nicely. Put it aside. Okay, non-grain-free takes about a half hour. Grain-free takes about an hour. Now you go back to the dish. All the water should be gone. And then what you're going to do is feel a couple of the nuggets. If they're a little bit too hard, add more water and, and wait. Okay, then once it's right, you know, say, you know, it could be mush if you want, but otherwise maybe a smidgen left in the center of the kernel. Okay, now mix it up. Put your supplements in it, like your probiotic, your digestive enzymes, your organic apple cider vinegar, and then mix it up and now feed it. And now you're going to rehydrate that that nugget so the dog doesn't have to do it because think of it um, when the dog dogs don't chew their food okay they inhale it and it goes in whole and sits in their stomach now they just ate a bunch of saltine crackers so now they go and drink a buttload of, of water and now all that water and all that whole food is sitting in the stomach and think of it like an, an uh, like a hammock okay the hammock is on his axles all that food and all that water is sitting in the stomach and trying to rehydrate right so what happens is stretching those axles. Now, if your dog turns wrong or jumps wrong, the stomach can flip, and now your dog is dying with bloat. And so let's not go down that road. Let's rehydrate that food. So now we have rehydrated for them, so now they're going to eat slower, and it's going to be healthier for them. So that's the first thing that you want to do is don't feed dry food dry. Rehydrate it for your dog or for your cat. Yeah, it takes more time, and if you can't, then what you're going to do is uh, make breakfast at dinner and dinner at breakfast. Put it in a Pyrex dish. Put the water in the kibble. By now, you should know how much it takes. Cover it. Put it on the. Put it someplace 
for the dog or the cat can't get it. Don't put it in the fridge. Just put it wherever. Okay. And then um, now when you get home from dinner or from work or whatever, now you open it up, you fluff it up, you put your supplements in, and now you feed it. Okay. So let's rehydrate the food to help the dog's gut. And a lot of dogs that are having trouble, like loose bowels, uh, you know, then you think it's giardia or whatever type thing. All it is is their stomach can't rehydrate the food correctly. So they're having a hard time digesting it. So then they get the runs or loose stools or whatever. So now rehydrate the food for the dogs. Bingo, you'll be really surprised at how it might, it, and it helps many, helps many. But in the long run, what I'm trying to alleviate is not having your dog bloat. Deep, long, che- deep chested, long dogs are prone to it, like German Shepherds, Greyhounds, Great Danes, Mastiff. But any dog can, uh, you know, it can bloat. But the bigger thing is, is that now, remember, dogs weren't meant to eat dry food dry. That's a human convenience. So by putting water on it, let it soak. Uh, you can, some people are heating up bone broth or, or chicken broth, but you got to remember that's got a lot of sodium in it, and that's not good for your dogs either. So the whole thing is, is that just rehydrate the food and then for the dog. And so now it's easier for them to digest. You're going to feed less because they can absorb more. So the whole thing is, is that think of it, what you're going to, how the, the dog inhales it. Don't get those things that slow down the feeding. Just rehydrate for them so that because dogs are bred or bred, uh, they're naturally by instinct to eat real fast, real quick because somebody might come behind them and grab their food. <laughs> so we got to hurry up and eat it. That's just instinctive to them. And so now with the little dogs, we, we heard earlier, whereas that uh, we would take one kibble and go to the next room and eat it. Well, then what you do is you contain them into a playpen play, play area or a kennel. So they have to stand and eat what they're done. And then when they're done, they're done. Okay, we'll be back and we're going to be talking more about dog foods, how to store it, how to read labels. And we're going to be talking to Stephanie from Nutrisource. And rotation is especially important. Okay, we'll be right back.